0: And this episode's listener question:
1: Why does my partner act like a child sometimes?
0: Well, we all act like children sometimes. Can I um, jump in with brain science on this one?
1: Oh, please. please do. Okay. Yes.
0: So we have different neural networks. Don't think of it as like parts of the brain like this part of your brain does x and this part of your brain does y neuroscience is moving a little bit away from that at this point that we're looking more at like oh there's all of these networks that coordinate all over the brain that do mm-hmm. specific things but when we feel in danger or when our resources are low we're more likely to flip into behaviors and ways of moving through the world that were learned a really, really long time ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, when your window of tolerance is a little bit lower, if you're hungry, if you're tired, if it's mm-hmm. COVID and it's still COVID,
1: <laughs> if you're or, angry or lonely,
0: if you're angry or lonely, exactly. If you're, um, if you uh, got surprised or if you got hurt, it's likely. That you would move into old ways of protecting yourself or old habits about how to be in the world. So it's not even why does my partner act like a child sometimes? It's why do we all act like children sometimes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is the brain is designed to move into habit in order to reserve energy. Because to come up with a brand new behavior actually takes quite a lot of energy. Or to come up with a more complex behavior requires a lot of energy. And so when you're in a space where it's important to save your energy because your resources are already pretty low, you're going to automatically fall into old behaviors unless you try really hard not to. So... Let's not all beat ourselves up for acting like children sometimes. We are all going to act like children sometimes. And that's when the more subcortical part of your brain is running your show.
2: So you're tell- you're helping me understand why I was not in my most mature state tonight when I was starving and no one would come in to eat dinner with me. Totally.
0: Did you do a thing that you would have done as a little kid during that time or that- even as a
2: teenager? I got a little stompy and stormy like I wanted stompy to storm and, off so totally
0: yes. stompy and stormy sounds like a kid Doesn't I it? have a seven-year-old daughter and she gets stompy and stormy a lot That's which is totally normal because she's seven but and it's and I want I'm to say, not
2: seven is that what you're trying to say I am telling you you're not <laughs> in seven. that moment oh, you were seven <laughs> exactly.
0: but in that moment actually yes so yes. what I'm saying is it's actually normal for all of us yeah when our resources are low
2: my resources were low.
0: Right. So I'm actually calling it normal. I'm not saying that every behavior we do in that space is okay, but I am saying it's normal to be, to
1: have your brain hijacked like that. I like the acronym HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Mm. I find that that's pretty helpful in terms of, you know, how I assess myself, how I assess my partner, how I assess my kids. How I look at us and I think, what's happening for, for me or what's happening for them right now? Mm-hmm. You know, That's what, a great skill. Yeah, it
0: is. To just, yeah. just stop everything. And that's, I like Halt uh, because it really is about stopping. Mm-hmm. So one thing I need to know when I'm in a space like that is that I'm probably not going to be great at making big decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. probably not going to be great at doing more complex behaviors. So it's probably a good idea to hit the pause button. Yeah. I don't want to have big discussions during this time. I don't want mm-hmm. to make big decisions during this time. If I'm super hungry, maybe I should feed myself before I even say hello. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and and I, you know, and to get on the teeny bit professional side because of this relational life therapy work that I've been doing on myself and with my marriage, I was able to tune in at least a little bit to think, I might feel differently after I eat. Like awesome. I, can, I can shut up right now and not cause any issues. And I'm probably going to feel differently. And lo and behold, after I ate, not very so different stormy. woman. Not, not so stormy. <laughs> so
0: the skill Vicki just dropped on you guys is called <laughs> second consciousness. It's the ability to observe what's happening while it is happening and a lot of people call it mindfulness mm-hmm. um second consciousness which comes out of relational life therapy that lingo um is uh another way to think about it would be relational mindfulness mm-hmm. so how am i interacting in this moment and what different things might be influencing that
1: having a little pause and a little <clears throat> curiosity mm-hmm. I just want to go back for a minute. We're talking about second consciousness being this relational mindfulness. I think we also need to talk about the first consciousness, which is that whoosh that Vicky was talking about, which is that stormy, stompy kind of feeling that we all know. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us has experienced it to some degree. It's that big feeling that comes through and it's right there. Mm -hmm. Second consciousness shows up when we observe that.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I think a big part of how we observe that, and this is what the relationship mindfulness really teaches, is that we observe it with compassion, but without judgment. Right. So even if my partner
0: is acting like a child, and who knows if he is or isn't actually in that moment, that could be my stuff. But let's say he is in that moment, it would be out of healthy self-esteem for me to judge that. Because I would be Mm -hmm. saying, well, he shouldn't have the right to do that, or that's bad of him to do that, Um, and, like, puts me up in a position of uh, sort of a one-up space, Mm -hmm. if I'm judging that. Um, One way I know I can get out of that really fast is to just know um, that we're on equal playing field, that. My value and my worth are the exact same as my husband's value and worth, even if what I think I'm seeing is him acting like a child, or even if what I see of myself is me acting like a child. Either way, my value and worth didn't change, even though I can assess, like, oh, this is not a great time to have a discussion.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think another piece of this is knowing that it's not my job. It's not my job to, um, help my partner act like an adult. It's not my job to fix anything that my partner's doing. It's not my job to stop them necessarily. It's just my partner might need the space to express something or to figure something out, or I need to hold the boundary mm-hmm. of that's not my space. Yeah. It's and to
2: take care of me to watch right. my stuff. hmm And them
0: acting in a way I don't like, whether that's childlike or not, um, doesn't mean anything about me. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not my role to fix it. Mm -hmm. If my partner asked me for help in that moment, I could check in with myself and see if I'm in a good space and have the resource to offer help. So I could. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. But I don't have to. And it's not my responsibility to manage their internal emotional state or whether they have an old part of their brain running their show
2: it's my job to watch my internal state and know that even if they ask am i in a position to give that help yeah and if i am great and if i'm not i i don't right and that's um That's where that
0: second consciousness comes in. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that happens is that your brain actually scans for safety and danger signals. I'm going to say this super slow. I'm going to say it twice because this is crazy information. Four times per second, my brain is scanning for safety and danger. Four times every single second my brain is scanning for safety or danger. So this is a subconscious process. You're never going to beat with any kind of mindfulness or consciousness (laughs) or anything like that. Like, good luck to you four times a second. Um, So what happens is, is if my partner gets triggered and they start moving into maybe their adaptive child um, that then I'm probably going to enter my own old adaptations, my own old mm-hmm. ways of protecting myself, my own old patterns, because my resources are going to be low because remember there's two things that could send our resources low either halts, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I'm already tapped for some yep. other reason. Like I'm tired. Like I didn't get enough sleep last night, but the other thing is a sign of danger.
1: And we are biased towards negativity, correct? Like this oh, is yeah. something where we're, we're con- because we're constantly doing the scan, it's we tend not to notice when things are going well as often.
0: It takes a lot longer. So it takes about a quarter of a second to take in something bad. It takes about 15 to 20 seconds for the brain to register something pleasant or positive. So notice the difference there. And that makes sense. So it's more important to remember where the mountain lion attacked than it is to remember where I found the berry. The berry is awesome. I'm going to remember. But I'm not going to remember it nearly as well as how to get away from a mountain lion.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, though, how many times in those 15 seconds that it might take me to register when something's going well, how many times might I pick up instead Mm. something that didn't go well? Yeah. Right. So I have so much more opportunity to confirm the negative aspect as opposed to halting and noticing Mm -hmm. when something actually feels good. Right, that part takes a little bit more conscious attention, so if but that's why when my partner makes that funny face at me and then twitches their eye and breathes, totally and breathes <laughs> I know what that breath meant
0: yes, exactly. So, um, you know what I do is when if I am able to stay in more of a integrated mind state, let's say. Because I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip really fast. So let's say my partner gets a little triggered and then I get a little triggered, but I'm able to breathe myself back down. If I am able to do that, remembering love, looking for some moment where there's an opening, being really conscious to pay attention to any signs of calming can really help my system stay in that safety.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important that we don't make huge meaning out of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Like it Mm. really isn't don't it's a thing. Like everybody moves into childlike states all the time. Don't worry about it too much.
1: Cool. Thanks for the permission. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll be back next week with more episodes. See you later guys. Bye-bye.
0: That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another.
1: Why does my partner. We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show.
2: To go deeper, join us at our boot camp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com.
1: We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators. And you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, And Akilah Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses.
0: And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout.